Business on Barton FM. Welcome to The Business Show with me, Richard Watts. And Beatrix Brown. Coming up, we have the Barton Business of the Week. We hear from the accountants Forrester Boyd. We have the Market Report and Liz Drury with the Small Business Big Network podcast. Barton Business of the Week. This week's Business of the Week is ADR Fabrications who are a small welding and fabrication business based at the old Collingwood site on Castle Lake. The company is owned by 20-year-old Adam Rostron, who set it up following the first lockdown, after leaving weightlifter bodies in Scunthorpe where he completed a three-year apprenticeship. The business has been making bespoke gates, estate fencing and railings for residents in and around the Barton area. It also makes small items of bespoke furniture and carries out metalwork for the local businesses Fretwells and J.P. Woodcrafts. Contact ADR Fabrications on 07500-402-319. We now go over to the offices of accountants Forrester Boyd. Forrester Boyd was established in 1935 as an accountancy firm based in Grimsby. Today the firm operates from six offices throughout Lincolnshire and the Humber region, offering accountancy, tax advice, business advisory, corporate finance and wealth management advice to support businesses of all sizes and in all sectors. The company was recently ranked third in the top 100 UK financial advisory firms in relation to wealth management services. Forrester Boyd is one of the largest and well-respected professional services firms in the region. Hello listeners, my name is Paul Tofton. I'm one of the partners of Forrester Boyd Chartered Accountants and chairman of the local Scunthorpe office. We'll be looking to give you guidance on a range of areas over the coming months, from pension allowances to topical tax issues. Today, however, I'll be focusing on coronavirus support, covering grants and funding still available to support you through the current economic conditions. We're almost 11 months on from the initial lockdown and with so many changes, updates and extensions, it's often easy to overlook what might be available. Most people will be familiar with the coronavirus job retention scheme, more commonly referred to as furlough. If you've had to ask your employees to stop working or work less because of coronavirus, you can get support to pay their wages for the hours they do not work. The government will pay 80% of employees' usual wages for hours they do not work, up to a maximum of £2,500 per month, with the employer meeting all costs associated with the hours the employee is working. The employer will also be responsible for meeting all employer national insurance and pension costs. Company directors who may be paid on an annual cycle were previously excluded from earlier CJRS schemes. However, guidance has recently been updated on this and they may now be eligible. Please check our coronavirus hub for further information on this specific area. The job retention scheme was extended last year to run to the 30th of April in its current form. We wait to hear news on any further extensions and will release this guidance should anything further be announced. 
The Self-Employment Income Support Scheme was also extended last year. Claims for the third grant, which paid 80% of average monthly trading profit, closed on the 29th of January this year. And details of the fourth grant will be released on the 3rd of March. HMRC made additional commentary when they extended the scheme last year and expects the applicant to make an honest assessment about whether they reasonably believe the business will have a significant reduction in profits, clarifying there needs to be a new or continuing impact from coronavirus during the claim period. The grants issued so far do not need to be repaid as long as eligibility criteria have been met. However, the grants are subject to income tax and self-employed national insurance and must be reported on your 2021 self-assessment tax return. If you run a pub that was in Tier 2 or Tier 3 between the 2nd of December and the 29th of December 2020, you may still be eligible for a Christmas support payment of £1,000. This is additional funding to other funding that you may be eligible for. You're eligible if your pub was in England, was in Tier 2 or Tier 3 at any point between those dates, and is predominantly a wet pub, that is, it has less than 50% in revenue from food sales. One business can apply for multiple eligible pubs, however you need to apply through your local council before the 28th of February 2021, so not much time left for this one. Businesses that were open as usual, but then required to close due to national restrictions imposed by government may be eligible for local restrictions support grant closed addendum schemes from the 5th of January 2021 onwards and the period between the 5th of November and the 2nd of December 2020. Eligible businesses may be entitled to a cash grant from their local council for each period under the national restrictions. If your business is based in England, occupies a property on which it pays business rates, and has been required to close because of the national restrictions and has been unable to provide its usual in-person customer service from its premises. Example businesses HMRC use include non-essential retail, leisure, personal care, sports facilities, tourism and hospitality businesses. It could also include businesses that operate primarily as an in-person venue but which have been forced to close those services and provide takeaway only services instead. Eligible businesses can get one grant for each business property. You cannot get funding if you can continue to operate during the period of restrictions uh, because you do not depend on providing direct in-person services from your premises or if you have chosen to close but have not been required to close as part of the national restrictions. In addition to the local restrictions support grant, you may also be able to get a closed business lockdown payment from your local council if all or part of your business was closed by law from the 5th of January. The grant is a one-off payment of up to £9,000. You'll have to be a business rate payer on the property you occupy and will have had to close because of the national restrictions from the 5th of January onwards. may also be eligible if you've had to change the way you work from being mainly in-person venue to doing takeaway-only service. You'll need to apply through your local council for this one. Additional restrictions grants are to support businesses ineligible for other grant schemes. You may be able to get this grant if your business has been negatively affected by coronavirus. Grants 
are discretionary, so your local council will decide if you are eligible and how much you can get. HMRC provided examples of what makes your business eligible as being you do not have to uh, pay business rates um, and your business was closed by law. Uh, You supply an industry that has had to close because of coronavirus, for example, in the hospitality, retail or leisure sectors, uh, or your business is in the event sector. Again, this is another grant you'll need to apply for through your local council. Moving on from grants to additional support, uh, under the Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme, you can get loans and other kinds of finance up to £5 million for SMEs. The government guarantees 80% of the finance to the lender and pays interest and any fees for the first 12 months. You're eligible for this scheme if your business is based in the UK and has a turnover of £45 million or less per year. Supporting documentation such as interim management accounts, cash flow forecasts are typically necessary to demonstrate your business would be considered viable by a lender if it was not for coronavirus, but has been negatively affected by coronavirus. The maximum length of the facility depends on the type of finance you apply for and will be up to three years for overdrafts and invoice finance facilities and up to six years for loans and asset finance facilities. There's no personal guarantee requirement on amounts under £250,000. The scheme is open till the 31st of March this year. It's therefore important to get in touch with the provider uh, if you wish to take advantage of the scheme and get an application started as soon as possible. You may, however, be able to access finance more quickly under the Coronavirus Bounce Back Loan Scheme. However, this scheme, again, is uh, also only open until the 31st of March at the moment. You're eligible for this scheme if your business is based in the UK, it was established before the 1st of March 2020 and has been negatively affected by coronavirus. A small or medium-sized business may be able to borrow between £2,000 and 25% of your annual turnover, capped at a maximum amount of £50,000. Under this scheme, the government will guarantee 100% of the loan and for the first 12 months, you will not have to pay any fees or interest or make repayments. After the initial 12-month interest-free period, the annual interest rate is set at 2.5%. A useful point to note is if you already have a bounce-back loan but borrowed less than you're entitled to, you can top up your existing loan to your maximum amount. You must apply for the top up, though, again, by that date, the 31st of March 2021. The length of the loan was originally six years and you can repay early without paying any fees. Before your first repayment is due, your lender should contact you about further options to extend the term of your loan to 10 years. Move to interest only repayments for a period of six months. You can use this option up to three times or pause your repayments for a period of six months. You can use this option only once. And finally, a note about difficulties paying tax on time. Uh, Whilst there were automatic deferrals of VAT and self-assessment last year, which businesses had the opportunity to take advantage of, there are currently no similar options for current tax obligations. It is always better to maintain an open and honest communication channel with HMRC, You may also have the opportunity to delay payment of current taxes without a penalty 
using HMRC's time to pay service, particularly if coronavirus is having a continuing effect on your business's cash flow. So do get in touch with HMRC if you're experiencing difficulties. All that's left for me to say is that for more detail on the schemes mentioned today, latest updates and additional support available, please visit our coronavirus hub at www.forrester-boyd.co.uk forward slash coronavirus. Thank you. The market report. The FTSE 100 share index is at 6,624. That's up from 6,400 at the beginning of the month. A barrel of oil is $60. That's up from $55 at the beginning of the month. The pound to the euro, 1.16 euros to the pound. That's compared to 113 at the beginning of the month. And the pound to the dollar, $140 to the pound. That's compared to 137 at the beginning of the month. We now join Liz Drury for the Small Business Big Network podcast. Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Hi, thanks for joining me. I thought I'd start off by talking about what networking is, and perhaps more importantly, about what it isn't. So first of all, what is your network? You might think, especially if you're new in business, that you haven't got a network. But you have. Everyone has a network. It starts with the people that you know, your family, your friends, your neighbours, the people you meet when you're walking your dog. All of them are part of your network. And if you let them know about your business, then they can help you spread the word about what you're doing. So that's your initial network, perhaps. But really what you need to do is to grow your network. And to do that, you've got to put some effort in. You've got to actually do some networking. But what is networking? And what isn't it? Well, networking really is about growing your connections. And you can do that by attending networking events. Now, there are lots of types of networking event, and we'll come to that in a later episode. But basically, there are two kinds, really. Traditional face-to-face networking, and perhaps the more recent online networking. Now, I'm recording this in December of 2020, when we've had a year where there's hardly been any face-to-face networking for obvious reasons. And I think even in the future, when we can go back to -to face-to-face networking... The online networks are still going to continue, and we'll be talking about that in another episode. But networking events are about getting people together. The sole purpose, really, of a networking event is to connect people. Now, as well as the online networking, the face-to-face networking, there's also networking through social media. Things like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, they're all great for growing your network, because they're great platforms on which you can connect with people. You can join groups and get involved in discussions and really just allow people to get to know you better. So networking is about making connections and building relationships. What networking isn't about, 
and this is really important and I'm sure to come back to this again in other episodes, networking is not about selling. Everyone likes to buy, but nobody likes to be sold to. If you turn up to a networking meeting and try to just dish out your business cards, nobody's going to want to know. Those business cards are going to end up in the bin. It's really not the right way to go about things. People want to get to know you first. Once they get to know you, and hopefully like you, eventually they will trust you, and that's when they're likely to do business with you, or refer you. At networking events, bear in mind that it's not just about the people in the room. It's about the people that they know, and the people that they know. Their wider network. It's not often that you go to a networking meeting and straight away meet someone who needs your product or service. That's pretty rare. Like I said, it takes time to build up relationships and then people are more likely to buy something from you. So it is about building those relationships. But never dismiss anyone in the room. You might think you haven't got anything in common with somebody, but you don't know who they know and who they could put you in touch with. When you're networking, try not to think about yourself. Think about the other people and what you could do to help them. Whenever you're having a conversation with somebody... Have in the back of your mind, how can I help this person? That might not be directly with your services, but you might know someone in your network who could help this person out. Let's say they've recently pranged their car and your cousin happens to run a body shop. Put them in touch with your cousin. They'll be grateful, your cousin will be grateful and in the future they're more likely to remember you and if they ever hear of someone who needs your services they're more likely to get in touch with you. Because at the end of the day, what goes around comes around. The more helpful you can be, the more that you can introduce people to each other and make good connections for them, the more will come back your way too. And if you manage to introduce two people who then go on to do business together, imagine how good you're going to feel about that. It really does give you a good feeling. Some people see networking as a bit of a chore, but I love it. I really enjoy networking. I think perhaps it's because I'm a freelance voiceover artist who spends most of her time sitting in a padded cell talking to herself that I like getting out and meeting real people in real life. Mind you, we've all had some of that during 2020, haven't we? Where we've not been able to actually mix with people. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to face-to-face networking. The more you do it and the more comfortable you become with it, the more you'll get out of it. You'll meet groups of like-minded people who eventually might become your brand ambassadors and who wouldn't like a bit of extra help with their marketing. Networking isn't something that you just do once. It's a bit of a slow burn and once you start, you've really got to keep going with it because, as I've said before, it's about building relationships and that does take some time. But it definitely does pay off. If you can find a group local to you that you enjoy going to, you'll be likely to keep going with it. And when you do that, you'll become the go-to person in your industry for that group of people. If you just go to a meeting once and then never go again, the people aren't very likely to remember you. So it is about consistency. And when you first start out, you've really just got to keep the faith that it's going to work for you in the end. It's definitely not a quick fix. I can certainly give you examples from my networking life where it's taken... A year, maybe two years, for somebody to actually do business with me from the moment we first met. 
but it's also true that I've done business with someone that I've just met for the first time, so you really never know. In general, though, it takes a while. You've got to work at building up those relationships and getting to know people. So, to recap, your network is the people that you know and the people that they know and the people that they know. And the more people you connect with and the more you grow your network, the more valuable that network is going to be for you. Networking requires some effort and it takes some time. There's also quite often a cost involved, but we'll talk about that when we talk about the different kinds of networks that are out there. It's about connecting people and it's definitely not about selling. Why you should network? There are a number of different reasons and there are probably lots more reasons than I've come up with, but these are the main ones, I think. Firstly, as a small business owner, you probably haven't got lots of money to throw at marketing. You might have a website, but how many people really find you on Google? You've got to spend a lot of time and possibly some money on search engine optimization to make sure that you're always appearing on page one for any search that someone might do for your kind of business. I expect you also put some time and effort into social media, but there's lots of different platforms and you can't possibly do all of them to a really high standard unless you get someone in to help you out, which of course costs money. And if you really want to reach people on social media, you've probably got to go down the advertising route, which again is going to cost you quite a bit. Print advertising is very expensive and possibly beyond the reach of many small businesses. But networking is something that's really affordable and within everyone's reach. As a small business owner, I'm sure you know that nobody's going to buy from you if they don't know about you. So you need to get your message out there somehow. The more people that you tell about what you do, the more you raise your profile, the more you increase your brand awareness, the more people will come and buy from you. And networking seems to me a really great way to spread the word to lots of people. At many networking meetings, you get the opportunity to stand up and tell everyone in the room about what you do. So you've got a captive audience there. Those people are going to hear about your business for the next 30 to 60 seconds, whether they want to or not. You're bound to meet people that you haven't met before. And as I said before, the more people know about what you do, the better. So every time you go to a networking meeting, you're expanding your network and you're expanding the number of people who know you and know what you do. And that's got to be a good thing. As I said in the first episode, networking isn't about selling. And there are lots more reasons beyond advertising your product or service as to why you might want to network. Having said that, I can trace about 50% of my work back to networking in one way or another. So it is something that's going to eventually help with your bottom line. But here are some other reasons for networking. I've met quite a few of my suppliers through networking. For example, my accountant, my website developer and my graphic designer. I've also bought presents from people at networking meetings, things like candles and socks and jewellery that people in the room were selling. Networking meetings are also a great place to find out what else is going on in your local area. You might hear about other networking meetings, perhaps conferences or exhibitions that are happening locally. And I've also found out about grants that have been available to local businesses when I've been at networking meetings. If you find a local network that you really enjoy going to, then the people in that network will probably in the end become your friends. 
I've made quite a few friends through networking, and that's one of the best things about it. As I've said before, it is a slow burn, it is a long-term thing. You have to think of networking as a marathon, not a sprint. But in the end, it will pay dividends, because, as I said in the last episode, the people that you get to know through networking, who you really get to know, will become your brand ambassadors, and they'll start spreading the word about your business for you. I'm going to talk more about the different kinds of networks that are out there in another episode, but if you attend industry-specific networks, then you can also find people to collaborate with. Sometimes there might be a project that one of your peers is working on where they need more people in order to make the project work, and if you get to know other people in your own industry, then they're likely to think of you when they need someone else to collaborate with. Finally, networking meetings can actually be a really good social event. If, like me, you're a solopreneur and you're working on your own all day every day, then it's great to be able to get out of the office and meet other people. And I've had some really good times at networking meetings, particularly when there's food involved. I've had fish and chips suppers, ice creams on hot sunny evenings, and amazing Indian food. Now, many people will tell you that networking meetings are never about the food, but honestly, sometimes they are. I went to an amazing ladies' networking luncheon just before Christmas in 2019. It was at a local hotel, and they were wanting to show off their festive afternoon tea. There must have been 30-odd ladies in the room, all taking pictures of the afternoon tea and posting it on their Instagram and other social media feeds, so the hotel got lots of free advertising out of it, and we got an amazing meal. I hope that's given you a little bit of insight into some of the reasons why you might want to network. Obviously, getting the word out about who you are and what you do is the main one, but there's lots of other reasons too, and you can perhaps think of more than I've come up with. I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too. That's it for this edition of the programme. Thanks for listening.